Welcome to the Dad's Night Podcast, where ridiculous becomes reality. We're your dad hosts. I'm Chris Parrish. I'm Tommy Reed. Today, we're joined by Ryan and Matt Khalil, two handsome brothers and former NFL greats who just launched their tequila brand, Celaya, which we will taste on air tonight. We'll talk through the story behind Celaya, why they decided to build a tequila brand, and the bumps in the road on their way to a hugely successful launch last week. We'll talk raising four kids with Ryan and get insights from Matt on how to become the world's greatest uncle. We'll also ask a question every friend of the pod wants to know. Is Tommy coaching this coming Saturday in the Super Bowl at SoFi Stadium at 11.20 a.m.? This podcast is brought to you by the Believe Network. It's just incredible, Tommy. We haven't uh, we haven't done this in three weeks. We're all amped up tonight. We got great guests. There's a lot of stuff happening. Let's get right to it. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's uh, it, it's first off, this past weekend was so exhausting. It was so, exhausting. Um, let's get into our three W's. Okay. And we actually for our, this section, Chris, did we? What just happened? This is the greatest moment of my life. We have a sponsor, paying sponsor for this segment. Kaching. All right, folks, we got our first sponsor for the 3W section of where you're going, what you're doing, and what you're excited about, brought to you by Postal.io. Hey, dads, what's the easiest way to delight your customers and prospects? Sending one-of-a-kind corporate gifts with Postal offline marketing software. Postal helps, co- Postal helps companies to create meaningful connections at scale while tracking it all in your CRM. Yeah, who knew? Learn more and get a free trial at postal.io slash dads. What's that link? It is postal.io slash dads. That's right, Chris. For the Good deal job. of the century. It is. It I, can't, is. I can't wait to so, use this. So thank you, postal.io. You are our official first sponsor. We appreciate you uh, and all of our friends of the pod because that's where it's coming from. Our, our numbers are up through the roof right now. One Huge time, numbers. It's our first yeah. week uh, on the Believe Network. It is. And uh, we got signed by the Believe Network. So uh, if you believe, we do too at the Believe Network. So very excited right now. I'm sweating. I am. Uh, I, I, I think I'm detoxing uh, Memorial Day booze. Still. What'd you do? What'd you do this weekend? Man, it was a long one. I mean, yeah. I mean, my, my liver needs a, a vacation. Yeah. But, uh, well, let's get We're know, drinking three kinds of alcohol today. Yeah. So, pod, so, I mean, I think I need the shampoo effect. But, yeah. Um, yeah, look, so Memorial Day weekend, uh, I always like to stay in Manhattan Beach. You obviously left and went to the, the hot-ass desert. I was um, in the desert for a night. Yeah, uh, that, came that back too much. Uh, Sunday night to actually attend an Angel City game. Whoa, what was that Bank like? California. Uh, it's fantastic. A uh, buddy of mine, friend of the pod, Ryan Khalil's a co-owner. Friend of the pod. Uh, also sitting to my left. And uh, we had great seats. Uh, the field box, I think they're called. Um, we, we did a daddy-daughter trip. Um, crazy. They get to eat all kinds of food, oh, which is awesome. free for them. You're right on the field watching the action. It's just, it's unbelievable. And I've been to two games. I feel like the crowds are getting bigger and better. And where do they play? Bank of California. City. Oh, where the LAFC plays. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. So it I mean, was, what, uh, what a great stadium to begin with. It I mean, was great. it's so apropos because it's right in the heart of USC. And obviously that's where our guests went to school today. That's where they matriculated. You know? That's right in college. Right. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, I did a little networking at the game. I won't drop any names, but uh, people are all over me, Tommy, about the pod. Yeah, well, so. you know, hopefully they're friends of the pod. Yeah, it will be soon. What did you do? Sunday was a pool day barbecue at yeah. Randy Wilson's house. Where he friend made, of the pod. Big friend of the pod. Made these two awesome briskets, and um, we had some Pappy Van Winkle 15, which I never had before, mm-hmm. and uh, we proceeded to have a good time. And then uh, Monday was Cabana Palooza. Where you go down to Marine Street and you pop up your cabana and you bring your cooler down there and you let your kids just run all throughout the beach. There were how many of us yesterday at the beach? Five thousand people we knew. Do we talk now? Is no, this you can the talk part whenever you we want. talk. Sorry. I didn't know if Sorry, we get dude. introduced first. Well, I don't know. Yes. Well, we'll introduce you in a little bit. Okay, got you, it. you can speak freely. <laughs> I didn't know if it was like we're not here yet and this is like the lead up to <laughs> we it. We were mesmerized by the banter, which I understand. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, we, what was the question? At the beach yesterday. You at were there the beach, as well. Yes. Uh, Manhattan Beach. There was a lot, many, of, people were a lot of people there. There was tons. Yeah. You missed a lot of there. kids. I, yeah. did, I did miss out. <laughs> you, yeah. you didn't miss the kids. You're <laughs> <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of, of, lot of kids, a lot of married people. Yeah. Not really your scene, Matt. No. <laughs> no. This but handsome, it, was, uh, this it was a good time. Single SOB. <laughs> um, yeah. It was and a great Evan, time. Friend of the pod brought his, uh, what's that thing called? 
It's basically a weed whacker that mixes daiquiris and margaritas. Brought a gas-powered blender yeah. to the beach. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Know? Did he does he own this company? Uh, no, I, mean, I don't think he does. This could be a friend of the pod sponsorship. Yeah, we're we going on here. <laughs> if I mean, anybody we, can make we, it happen, we can do some giveaways and, yeah. and everything. I don't know with gas prices. That was the most expensive That's margarita. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ever had. He shouldn't have got the diesel one. That didn't make any sense. Um, and it's so smelly. Or solar powered. He should have had like Elon Musk create a solar powered yeah. one for him. He's on his, his margarita maker. He's working on that. <laughs> Tommy, let's get an update. Let's do it. Uh, we are in the SoFi Championship. So here we are, the BCS Flag Football Championship. It's uh, the Buckeyes versus the Auburn Tigers. And nice. um, we're the number one ranked team. Uh, we are 7-0-1, so we had tied, and our one tie was to the Tigers. So um, I'm the defensive coach, and obviously Van is our offensive specialist mm-hmm. coach and our head coach. And um, we're just really super excited no, I checked. I was doing some research on this game. It turns out these teams do not like each other. Is that true? Uh, well, I don't know. That's I, a better story. I, I don't know anyone on their team. So, yeah, so I mean, you don't like them at all. If they don't like us, it's because we're just champions. And, yeah, you know, we're undefeated. So I would think that, uh, you know, they have a good coach, but mm-hmm. they're a kind of a two-headed horse, and we have about five or six ballers. So my whole goal on defense is to take out the quarterback and mm-hmm. the wide receiver their everything with my my three front linemen if i can get blitzing on the edges and my my bull rush for my biggest kid in the middle these kids are eight this is bcs yeah. flight football. it's great it's fantastic this is I, bad I, coaching on his part game, yeah giving I, all this away on the on the pod hopefully they're not friends it's actually the pod. a good point <laughs> good point i don't think they are friends of the pod. okay yeah Belichick would be so upset with his interview right now. (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) So we're going to blitz every third down. (laughs) Well, there's code names, and they don't know which code name is the real blitz. So So it's at at 11.20, SoFi, Saturday. You're getting a party bus, right? Yeah, party bus is already booked with the bathroom. Ooh, that's key. That's key. That's key. Well, I'm I'm rooting for you. We're going to try to get there. I'm pretty sure I'll be. I have a little soccer tournament this weekend, but I think we'll be done by then. But. All right, so now we'll get into some conversation with Ryan and Matt Khalil. The two brothers started at USC as offensive linemen before being drafted by the NFL and having hugely successful NFL careers. For today's podcast, however, we'll mostly talk about Celaya, the tequila brand Ryan and Matt launched two weeks ago. You can find out more about this tasty beverage on the internet at drinkcelaya.com. That's C-E-L-A-Y-A. All three varieties of Celaya, Blanco, Reposado, y Añejo, are tremendous and we implore you to try them. They're really, really good. All right, now back to the Dad's Night podcast. Um, what's next, Tommy? Well, um, I think what we got to do is uh, open up some beers and then uh, start talking about uh, what's going on here in this in this amazing añejo that I see right in front of mm. me. But first, we're going to bring you some uh, sour beers. This is from Salt Lake City. This is a Shades, uh, Shades Brewery, one of the... Uh, Friends of the pod, Kenny Schmazel, uh, brought us some uh, Shades beer, and uh, we're going to continue to promote them because as long as they send us free beer, we're going to drink it. So here we are. Uh, it's a sour. Um, hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, How's this stuff? For... Oh, that's good. There you right go. There. That, that was right the best noise the right there. This is a uh, pina colada, American-style sour ale. It's like candy. It's Boy. sour, and it's... Refreshing. It's a Matt's, beach beer. Matt's so disappointed in this right now. What do you think? He's not usually a beer guy, so I'm curious to know what he thinks. Man, it's like um, it's got some like a uh, little Jolly Rancher t- tank mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, it's all the uh, young single yeah, ladies are good. drinking these beers. Oh yeah, yeah. Is that word on the street? All right, that's I, I need street. all my. Now Matt's like two percent body fat right now. Will yeah. this keep him? Will this keep him in no, line? No, this is all you. You've already had enough. Yeah, <laughs> you probably just gained a pound. Actually, <laughs> that's not. That's not part of your. You need to be clinically obese. Like Doesn't alcohol makes you dehydrated, right? So isn't that what I'm going for? I, I, oh, there you go. Right? Yeah, nice. Tighten all, her up. Yeah, get okay, all the fluid gotcha. out a little bit. I noticed you were jump roping in my shower when mm-hmm. I came in. I thought that was weird, but you got to drop a couple of lbs. Just a little pump. Um, so thank you to Shades Brewing. This is uh, this is good. It's great. It's it's uh, it, it's fantastic. And they knew that the Khalil brothers were coming on today, so they mm-hmm. wanted to give us some beers to taste and talk mm-hmm. about it. But what's to me what the most exciting thing to talk about is 
how you guys are badass offensive lineman brothers that played in the greatest league of all sports, the NFL. You come from a football family, and now you guys are back in the West Coast, and you guys are now out of football, retired, but you're kicking ass in a new business that has nothing to do with football. So talk to me about this brand new tequila you guys have right here. Yeah, it's kind of been a long journey. I mean, we uh, we got into this way before every celebrity and their mom started making tequilas. Yeah, you guys are pioneers. Let's just make sure that's yeah. uh, very clear. Mm-hmm. We didn't jump on that bandwagon. Mm-hmm. No, Matt and I, we're kind of mutts. We come from Lebanese background, but, but really a large uh, Mexican uh, family. And um, so the tequila heritage runs deep for us. And we been around it all our lives thought it would be a fun idea to have um you know we had family who had relationship with a distillery in Jalisco and we got to know them very well and, How long ago and great people I mean probably like six seven years ago now it's been a, it's been a minute and um yeah you know early on started talking about what a family bottle would be what we would name it um so on my dad's side their family name is Celaya Yep. They come from a uh, town right over the Arizona-Mexico border called Sonoita. Um, and, uh, yeah, we were really close with our grandmother, uh, Frescia Salaya, later became Khalil, and she told us a lot of stories about growing up in Sonoita and, and uh, you know, the hot Mexican son of Sonora, Mexico, and... and um, and just a ton of stories about family and especially her grandfather, Jose Salaya. And we always loved them. And, you know, family stories are always fun, especially the, the farther back the generations go, the legends become bigger and bigger. <laughs> and we always kind of love that. And whether they're true or not, there's some kind of seed in there that we feel like probably rubbed off on us somewhere down the road. Yeah. Um, but just a really... Uh, just a really great family, um, hardworking, um, very loyal, uh, instilled a great work ethic in us younger, even before we ever got into sports. Right. And so we always carried that with us. And so there was something about the the figure of Jose Salaya that we thought would be fun to put into it. So we had the, the original bottle was this kind of really bespoke leather wrapped bottle. Uh, we called it uh, Los Hermanos de Jose Salaya, the brothers of Jose, right, just sure. kind of pay homage to him. And it was a huge hit. We did like a thousand bottles and everybody loved it. And everybody kind of prodded us to maybe look at it more serious. And so we decided to do a small batch run and really focus here in Southern California and take the next step and see see where it goes. So it's not widely distributed yet we'll see how it goes here um but we i mean we got roots here we love the idea of building a brand around where we grew up um both in family heritage and in this beautiful sunshine state yeah um but yeah we we're just going to start rolling it out in the next month so it'll be retail on premise but right now you can get it online um our e-commerce ships directly to you we there's certain states we can go to, certain states we can't. It gets a little tricky, but um, but so far we've been a week going, and uh, it's been uh, it's it's been going well. I mean, the launch party week and a half ago, yeah, uh, was pretty great. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Um, yeah. Where was it at? It was at Ryan's house, and uh, the response to the tequila, I would say, was positive. Strong to quite strong. I would say. <laughs> it was uh, one of the slowest Sundays in Manhattan Beach history. Yeah. Uh, I asked you if you needed something, and you said, you'd, let's get some churros for the party. So I went and got some churros, and I was dropping them off, and I took a look mm-hmm. at the two-bar setup. And I came right home to Amy. I said, listen, you got to wash your step tonight, because this <laughs> is going to get festive. And I need you to eat something right now. She didn't do any of this. Um, but it was, it, was, it was a great party. And, you know, people celebrating tequila, but also celebrating, like, you guys. Right? We had a we good all, group. Good group of friends and family. It tastes amazing. I'm going to pretend that I don't know so I can taste it here in a minute. But, um, well, I wasn't invited, so I can't wait to taste this. Yeah, but I'm going to keep, we're going to keep going for a little bit just to create some suspense yeah. well, for you. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm like, although you're right next to it. Yeah, it's got oh. chilled and everything. So, I mean, it was, it was awesome launch, fantastic, super festive. Um, 
did you were you involved in the beginning? Was it Ryan's idea, or and you came along, or were you guys both just sort of been talking about this? Or I, we we both really love tequila. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Ever since we can start drinking, uh, especially me, like I've been more introverted my whole life, and tequila has always been that drink to kind of get me going. In the, <laughs> in the younger days, in the younger days, but if, if my friends were able to get me out, but um, no, just having the Mexican heritage and, and being around that my whole life. Yeah. Um, you know, Ryan and I, we'd always talked about it and just decided to do it. So it was, um, I, he's more of the creative side. So like branding and stuff like that. He's, uh, I mean, he's, he's into Hollywood and filmmaking and all that. So his, his creative process he's an is, artist. it's pretty cool to see and how he, you know, he thinks things through and, um, comes up with great ideas and, um, you know, it's taught me a lot along the way. Um, kind of taking a bigger role too. Um, so that's been a big learning curve, but it's been fun. Um, Man, I would say probably this is the closest my brother and I have been since, um, I mean, since we were kids, we, obviously he was, you know, five, six years ahead of me and everything yeah. we did. And, and he then, didn't like you growing up. Is that, huh? you said no, we, that, right? Is that true? No. It depends. I mean, if you ask him about the collector toys he would have had right now, if I didn't play with them in the bathtub and, <laughs> and ruin them all, we'll see. I don't know what he thinks about that, but, uh. I love little brothers. <laughs> that's a whole nother pod. That's yeah, a whole. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's our family therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he still <laughs> resents me a little bit for that. Um, no, but I, I think as soon as we play together in Carolina, that's kind of where we uh, developed a closer bond and um, spent a lot more time together. So I, I think since then, it's uh, the journey's been pretty fun, and yeah. uh, you know, I've learned a tremendous amount from him. Do you guys go down together to Mexico to see where it's all taking place and brewed and the plants, the mm -hmm. agave plants, and everything, and and like actually look at the farms of of the agave plants together. Yeah, it's a pretty um, it's a pretty surreal experience. Pretty holistic kind of uh, process of really seeing from how long it takes the agave to grow to the entire process. How long of, does that take? Distilling. I mean, it just depends on how mature they are, but I think it's anywhere from like eight to fourteen years, right? Wow! And it fully looks like grown a cactus, agave. Right? The agave looks like an aloe vera plant. Yeah, it looks like an okay, enormous yeah. aloe vera plant, and they um, they chop it down in it to the the pina, and it kind of looks like a like a big pineapple, and um, they cook it in almost like a pizza oven, oh. mash it up, get all the uh, sugars out of it, and then they distill it just like any other spirit. Um, and then, you know, depending on what kind of agave you use, uh, what kind of barrels you age them in really mm -hmm. changes the taste profile. And so that's how you get the different kind of distinctive tastes from tequila to tequila. So you had, you guys, you had a lead on a distillery down there and then was it coincidence that it also tasted like something you guys were looking for? Or did you well, no, kinda... we, I mean, that's part of the process. It's, you know, you, when we first started talking to them about it. It was um, really getting to understand what our taste profile was, what yeah. their yeah. sort of what they sort of tend to lean towards, yeah. what they could do, what they couldn't do, and then it, from there it was just literally us tasting for like a year. Yeah, um, and we had parties with friends and teammates and stuff, so it was kind of a fun process. There was a really cool communal aspect to it that I just really enjoyed with yeah. friends and family. Mm -hmm that you just couldn't help but continue that momentum into what it became today um, because we just kept taking the next step. And then it was like, well, we got to, once we found the one everybody loved, we started doing blind taste tests right. with other tequilas and famous tequilas. And so it was kind of fun to see people choose ours and for us internally to choose ours. Like, did you put it up against, like, those art days and, like, uh, Fort 1492 oh, yeah. or whatever those Especially are. against uh, Evan Cassio. Who's Sir Evan Cassio. Fr friend of the pod. Yeah, friend of the pod. Um, yeah, you know, we're really finding the Kila connoisseurs that we knew um, in, our, in our personal group putting them up against their favorite tequilas and seeing, you know, really, it's funny because like real, like real, real tequila drinkers who love to sip it and really enjoy it, they, they know it so well that they, even though they like it, they can tell which one is theirs and which one right. isn't the one that they really love. And we've gotten like that too. So it's also been fun to see consumers change their taste profiles and their palates. I mean, it, you know, I, I mean, I couldn't tell you early on in life the difference between any tequila yeah, or, or wine, right. you know, for yeah. that for that matter. But obviously, 
the more you become accustomed to it, the more you understand. I mean, it, it's really been the last eight. I don't think I had a tequila I liked before like eight years ago, right. probably. Uh, and then, I mean, it's amazing just to think about it now where, you know, I, I mean, I didn't actually grow up drinking anything, but uh, then just beer. Uh, and then everybody went through a bourbon thing, right? Bourbon's still good, but um, just the different profiles that you get. I think the first kind of quote-unquote good tequila I had was 1942. Uh, and then Evan introduced us to Dos Artes a couple summers ago when you could get it for 90 bucks at Costco at a liter, uh, which seems like a long <laughs> time ago. Um, and just the sweetness or like the punch, you know, of La Familia, for example, mm -hmm. almost like a peppery thing. Um, and I, I tend to gravitate towards like the smooth vanilla-y sort of flavors um so this is fit tommy you're gonna love it i can't wait and um should we like, just do this well yeah because like it's funny because when i had the doble christy cristalino that was the first tequila i had that was basically came from a bourbon barrel right and i was like this is unbelievable let me smell this here thank you matt oh wow it smells sweet too yeah we're gonna enjoy this we're right, make folks, this a three so hour this pot. is a beautiful bottle too. It's like something that I think after you're done with it, you'd like want to keep it. Um, and I'd actually serve like water out of it all the time because it's like a nice, heavy quality glass bottle. It's beautiful and has a nice cork to it. So, uh, Matt, I'll let you nice do cork. the honors of, pour, of uh, pouring us all shotskis here. Um, heavy, heavy pours so, on so the podcast. Our, Gentlemen's pour. So, yeah. for our listeners, again, you can go to. Is it Salaya.com? Yeah, drinksalaya.com. Drinksalaya.com. I keep on saying Salaya. I don't know why I'm doing Salaya. that. That's all right. Well, you're not I'm an Hispanic like from, us three. From New Jersey. What's my fault? <laughs> um, but here we go. So uh, what, is a, what does it cost? Matt? So um, This is the Añejo we're drinking here. Yeah, right? our Añejo's um, 89. Our Reposado's 55. And our Blanco's 49. Is that because Añejo takes the longer time to... Yeah. Okay. It's just, yeah, Añejo. Cheers. All right, here we go. This is the first. We haven't done any shots uh, on the pod, so right, here we go. It. Shoot it. I wanna yeah, I'm going to sip it. You sip it. Okay. Yeah. See, we yeah. can still educate the Jersey guys, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's going to... Yeah. Well, look, you know... I he's walking not, over I here. I might not pump know. my gas, but I can pump my fist. <laughs> that is delicious. Isn't that really good? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is like... It doesn't burn you when he goes mm -mm. down. It's like, I think that is a, that's like a, a fucking sipping tequila yeah, that yeah. is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And you did have it chilled a little bit. Cause it felt the I did. I like, like it a little was bit chilled. Was it in the fridge? Yeah. Was it was in the fridge, yeah. Okay. That is fantastic, I mean, you, you, were, you were talking earlier about just sort of like the camaraderie is the wrong word, but just sort of like getting together with friends and sharing stuff. Yeah, and, you know, yeah it's I, like I, doing I, a survey monkey with your buddies. And you're right. like, you're having them input. And I'd like to know, like, when you're doing that process of getting your buddies together, which sounds like a blast every time. Sounds like your, your tastings are great. But how do you know, like, uh, don't listen to Tommy. Tommy's a fucking lush. He'll, he'll just say it's always great to your face and not really verify his word. Like, did you really ask your buddies to, like, be honest with me, be critical? And, like, what was the blind? Well, the we blind, blind taste test, oh. they have they have yeah. no choice. They don't know. So we would number the bottom mm -hmm. of the cups, and then we'd fill them all up with different tequilas. And then we'd, we wouldn't even – everybody wouldn't uh, – We'd even like change the order from person to person, so not everybody was always drinking the same one at the same time. Because also too, when you start drinking a few of them, a few different ones, it starts kind of messing with your taste palate. Sure. So we would, you know, Matt's Matt's four tequilas he would taste were different than mine. They were all the same, but they were different order. Right. And so it was fun to see people throw out different numbers, and when we go to check, they would all pretty much line up. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. so fun. Did yeah. you guys film any of it? Uh, I don't know if we did. We, that, that, yeah. we took pictures. So, yeah. Okay, let's just keep that's doing. That's so it. fun, man. Like to to own your own tequila and to like get that input from like your friends and family is just it seems like a really yeah. cool thing. And now you've made. I mean, when can you enter this into like the competition to get its first like gold? Is it gold medal or double golds? Yeah, I don't know. Too? We honestly, we've been. Uh, it's been a long road and just getting it out there so far is still, it's a whole nother beast. You yeah. know, it's a, it's a, it's a competitive market and that's why we're starting here at home. And, um, it's been fun to see the response to it just yeah. in our community here. And then as we're starting to expand out in Los Angeles and obviously elsewhere, but, um, yeah, you know, Matt's being modest. I mean, I, I do tend to drive creative. I love, the packaging, the branding, the de the design element of it. 
Um, and then obviously the storytelling part of it is yeah. really important to me. Um, but that's the easy part. Matt's been doing all the, the hard work and, and the work he's done from coordinating with all the different, you know, vendors and processes and, uh, distributors. It's, it's, uh, and you're just learning as you go, right? Like, it's a, it's a whole new learning process. Yeah. It's exciting though. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've, I, we have a really good team that have tremendous amount of experience, um, in the alcohol business. So, um, learning from them and, Matt said, Matt told me, uh, the first week, kind of all the processes got put on him. He's like, God, I feel like a rookie again. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, no, it's, you know, it's a lot, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm never, you know, too shy away from a challenge or I, no questions too dumb for me to ask. Yeah. If I don't understand, if I don't know it, I'm going to ask these guys and use the resources that we have and, um, you know, do it to the best of my ability. So it's been exciting though. I mean, it's tremendous. Uh, Tommy, I probably need a little refill here. Oh, absolutely. I just wish Matt had more resiliency is the only thing. Like, if he could have played a position that was like a pressure cooker, you know, like a left tackle, you know what I mean? Like, if he could have had that kind of experience where two-minute drill, we got to go down to win the game. Speaking of resiliency, Matt, I wanted to ask this because it's dear to my heart. You you lived in Minnesota. You were drafted uh, by the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, You enjoyed Minnesota. <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I enjoy Minnesota. I I don't mind the cold. Um, the summers are great there. Yeah, beautiful place. Um, beautiful women. Beautiful women. My wife, friend of the pod. Win- winters are fun. Um, just the cold. The cold yeah. is my first year there it's was so cold. it was minus seventy yeah. wind chill. Yeah. And I I'm coming from Southern California, <laughs> yeah, like no. fresh off the plane. Like where am I? Pretty yeah, brutal. right now. And Tommy, you just went ice fishing in Minnesota in January. Right? Yeah, I mean. Uh, February. It sounds crazy, but part of the bucket list is that all of our uh, – I went to Ohio State, and we all wanted to get together. And my buddy, who played hockey for Ohio State, um, lives in uh, outside of Minneapolis and then has a lake house three and a half hours north in Lake Clamshell okay. by Niswa. Right. And uh, so we went up there, and we went ice fishing one day and then snowmobiling the next day. I mean, we got hammered the whole time. I mean, a lot of, I mean, a lot of drinking in Minnesota, period. Yeah. Um, but I can they imagine like what the summers are like out there. I mean, it was just incredible. So, um, but it was like negative thirty out. Yeah, like like literally. Negative I mean, I got married in, in Minnesota on a lake, uh, and this was in August of that year, ten years ago. Um, and then four months later, I drove across that lake. Like it was just what lake? Uh, Side Lake. Okay. Near beautiful Hibbing, Minnesota. Okay. The iron ore capital of the world. Oh, really? Yeah. Birthplace right. of Bob Dylan. Actually, he was born in Duluth, but he grew up in. Duluth, sure. Um, Just so our listeners understand this, what's going on here, um, to give you a sense of size, what's like, uh, I'm among giants right here. (laughs) I mean, like, my my co host, Chris Parrish, is 6'3. I'm only the third tallest person Um, in this garage right now. I think I'm, you're Ryan, are you 6'5? I'm not, no. 6'4? Like what was I listening the program or yeah. combine height? Well, what, <laughs> like today. Oh, I, I uh, guess okay. There's a lot of different heights to play yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. program yeah. six three, combine height six two and a half. Okay, and you are all six seven. Uh, around six seven, six eight. Yeah, six eight. Yeah, yeah that's humongous. And you guys have been both been all pros in the NFL. <clears throat> you were drafted number four overall mm-hmm. to Minnesota. Yeah, that traded their pick to go down. And still, we're, we're able to get you. In that draft, and then you were second round pick fifty nine, in the second round. First center taken. First though. center taken. First, first center tackle. Taken. Do you guys ever kind of like drink your tequila and talk about like, hey, like we're both fucking first rounders of our position? That's pretty fucking epic. Why well, was not a first rounder? He was a first rounder. No, I mean like so the first for position. That, thanks for rubbing no, that no, in. Come on, okay. Ryan. You know what I'm talking seats of tequila. No, um, but like first center taken. <laughs> That's uh, that's incredible. He made up for it with the what six six All Pros, six Pro. How many six, Pro Bowls? Yeah, five Pro Bowls. Or I have he's the, been in I a Super Bowl. Yeah, played in a Super Bowl, started a Super Bowl, lost a Super Bowl. I was won all the national championships. Cam Does Cam my grandmother ever get one of these? died too? Do you want to talk about that? So is is no, Cam sorry. ever going to get one of these? Oh, do we send right. Cam? Cam? Yeah, yeah. He's got a. He's actually got a really cool uh, cigar bar in Atlanta. So nice. there, there will definitely be Salai tequila. Oh, I think we are. should go there and investigate. What about what CMC? About does he have a bottle of this too? Um, when does this pod come out? Thursday. Thursday. You want me to hold it off? Yeah, let's hold it off. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> till Christian gets his bottle. Till Christian gets his bottle. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Um, 
You also wrote a book called the uh, the Rookie Handbook. Yeah, I wrote it with some buddies. Tell, uh, talk about that. It's supposed to be like a funny tale into the the rookie. Yeah, the I rookie. got some extra copies. I'll bring some over for you. We yeah. love that. Um, yeah, it was fun. I guess we I'll learn to read. We that started. It's kind of like the tequila story. It started as a as sort of a fun little funny project that we we had the rookies every year. You know, when you come in the league, there's expectations of you of of what your duties are to the group. Right. And some teams take it further than others. They, you know, there's some teams that go full on hazing, and mm-hmm. we don't. We're just not about that. Uh, in, at least in the groups that I was in. So for us, it was more of a rite of passage. But you sort of had these rookie duties that you had to accomplish for your rookie season, and it was like, you know, make sure to order lunch for the group on Thursdays. You don't have to pay for it, but you gotta. You're in charge right. of the order, and. Um, Make sure that, uh, you know, we have uh, drinks and supplies in the O-line room and make sure that uh, there's burritos brought on the plane on Saturday. Make sure... It's just a rule of life. It's just a rule of life. Yeah, These right. are like yeah. simple things. And then the extra stuff we do is like, you know, we, it's a grueling season. Sure. Every year it gets really hard towards the end of the year, especially if your record's not great. <laughs> so you try to find little things that keep your spirits high and keep you grinding away. So we enjoyed decorating the O-line room during the uh, the different seasons. Mm, so nice. we wanted the room decorated for Thanksgiving. We wanted it decorated for Christmas. We wanted it decorated and you had to for do the, the new decorating. Year. The rookies had to do the Rookie decorating. Finish. So these are one of many examples of things um, that aren't really a lot that we ask of. Some guys go further than that. They say carry my pads and all that stuff. I was never that guy. I had some dicks uh, uh, that. We're only there a year with me, and that's a whole other story. But anyways, um, it it became a lot. And you'd have rookies that you would explain all these things to, and they would always forget. And so we started having rookies write it down. And so we kind of had like an official handbook for the rookies. And um, I think after it became like 15 pages, we started getting real philosophical and started talking about these really abstract ideas about how to stay long in the pros and like how to be a pro. And, and we just, we had such a good time writing it down and some of it was really humorous and voice. And we just thought this would make a great book. And so we really (laughs) expanded on it and turned it into like 200 pages and chopped it around and, and uh, the publishers ate it up. And then I had a buddy in, uh, Carolina, Matt Stevens, who's a really talented illustrator and said, nah, this feels like it wants to be a heavily illustrated book. You know, you know, jocks aren't that smart. And so we thought yeah. let's dumb it down and really, especially USC, really, jocks. especially USC yeah. jocks and really make it <laughs> visual. And, uh, and so that's what we did. So it was a fun, really visual thing. And a lot of it is still relevant to today. See, so that to so, me sounds, why don't you say you're in the film business? Let's make an animation with it. Yeah, well, I, it's, I've been pitched this, but let's hear your pitch because I haven't found one that's been good enough to. Well, pursue. no, I mean, like, well, I mean, I don't mean that condescending I, either. I'm, I'm in I the industry too. I want to know. So, what, what I would you, do your idea of this is would put be. it in. Well, I would use the Tongo platform, and have filmmakers basically put their RFP. You're basically filtering out an RFP for it to solicit, and you could say, I even have a set budget. I'll make this document or make this book into a, a 90 minute or. 60 minute movie and I have a set budget or they could tell you what they that's called open bid and then they could tell you what they could do this for you're probably not going to get a lot of uh, New York LA or Chicago animators but that's why you have Bulgaria Malaysia um, other places in uh, in well I won't say Ukraine anymore but like you had a lot of filmmakers outside of the United States that would do pennies to the dollar and you found scale there. So you might be like, ah, it's going to be, I don't want to spend a million dollars. But you don't have to. You can say, I'm going to spend 50000 and that's all I'm going to put for this movie. Because that book sounds, if it's still relevant today, that means it has legs. Yep. And there's something heartfelt in there that you created that is worthy to just do a little bit of digging. So we could talk offline about that. But that is, I, I had a note in here. I'm like, I got to hear this because it sounds like it's. Pretty well, awesome. Get, I'll get you a copy, and we'll see if you feel the same way. By the way, I'm on I'll my read second you, shot Tommy. of. Yeah, no, I like <laughs> this. This is, this is where this things is good start here. turning. And I'm yeah. sipping it, and I'm feeling, man, I, th- I think I just grew to like it's six awesome. one right now. I'm, I'm almost. I'm, I'm going to be all sending jobs overseas. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> well, for the legend of uh, Jose Solaya yeah. coursing through your veins. Well, we, a little well, bit. See, now. 
We could we could we could even do that. Jose where we was go down for his and, and looking for um, Mexican animators, which there's a whole new group there's out of there a, too. There's a real there's so a lot of talented Mexican animators. We, we have a whole uh, whole affiliate right. company down there too. So there's 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 a lot going on. Um, do you guys ever bust each other's balls on like who ran the Ford, the fastest the faster forty? He was faster than me. Always. Were you really? Yeah. yeah. Dude, okay. What do you mean? So, we, just, we played beach football the other day. No, you're right. You you're saw right, me. Right. It's true. You, you, you opened it up a little bit? He was yeah. quick. By, by the, the way, I looked over there for a second, we won. too. We did win. Yeah. Who was yes. trying to guard you? The guy was, was like my you? height. Five nine. <laughs> you were decoy because Evan, I had Evan run a square in in oh, the end zone. Jesus. You had Fentanyl. Yeah, probably. I did have Fentanyl. He's not, he's not fast. What's no, it like? He knows some scary moves, though, in jiu-jitsu, so I don't know. Yeah, which is illegal in beach football. Were you both on the Panthers Super Bowl team? No. Just just no. you, Ryan. Just me. So what's it like getting geared up for that whole media week and going into a Super Bowl? And it's in California, <laughs> your home state. Yeah, it was a lot. Was the whole family there? You're- yeah, everybody was there. It's exhausting. You know, it's funny. We we I tried my best and I know a lot of other guys did and and we tried to share a lot of it, but you really you go into it trying to find as many of your mentors who have experienced it as many relationships as you have that have sort of been part of that that can really give you any nugget of information and how to best approach it because it is a nerve-wracking thing you know you you sort of the whole culmination of your you know sport is to make it to that big show and to win it Um, and not just get there but to win it you know, right. so it's tough because you want to enjoy it, but you also are trying to get down to business and, and really focus in and take as many of your guys with you. And so, we, you know, we we talked to a lot of guys who'd been there, guys who'd won, guys who'd lost. And the, a lot of the advice was really the same, which was find moments to enjoy of it, but don't get so caught up that you get distracted by the task at hand. And then the other part of that was really, really um, find ways to get your rest and to shut your brain off and to shut the emotions off because it is so draining and you don't want to you don't want to be limping into that game emotionally and physically. So it was tough. It was a hard balance because you you know you you're excited to be there. You, you're trying to make memories off the field with the guys and really soak it in. Plus, you have all the obligations that the NFL has for you, whether it be media or events. Um, and then you're in a new place. So, you know, athletes in all sports were so superstitious. And, and guys, guys like to admit it more than others. And the guys who don't are full of shit. Like they <laughs> like, you know, they call it routine, but they there's a little bit of superstition into your routine. And so... You know, whether you play away or at home, for the most part during the week, you have your same routine at your home facility. And when you take that away, it really challenges you to try to find it again in a foreign place. So we were practicing at San Jose State and we were staying at a hotel in San Jose. So, I mean, you're already out of your element. You're there for a week. And so you're trying to you're trying to figure out your routine that you can keep um, while also navigating all the NFL stuff, while also you got your family and friends there and everybody's super excited. And so it's really tough to, to kind of find your silos. And and, um, and that's just for one person. And then you hope to God the rest of the team is also trying to do the same and, and you can't control everybody. Right. And so I think a younger, inexperienced team probably doesn't understand that, you know. I think that's why there's a team, you know, that comes in there that's been there before. They really know how to... Um, navigate the two weeks, right? navigate the two weeks yeah. and to really sort of, uh, silo all the different aspects of it in a way that is beneficial for the goal at hand. And so that was the toughest thing. Um, I mean, all that being said, I still think we were ready. I think we just, just couldn't get in a rhythm and we just didn't play our best game. Um, you know, one of our goals for that game was to keep cam safe early on and we didn't do a good job of that. And so they got him off of his mark. And even then, we still were scoring, and and the defense was playing lights out. Um, They gave us a ton of chances. We started stringing some drives together, and just we couldn't finish it out. We had the one touchdown early on, and then um, we'd drive 60, 70 yards, fumble. We'd drive 30, 40 yards, turnover. So we had a lot of turnovers, and we we just couldn't finish it out. Yeah. When you talk about preparing yourself mentally, when you had your Super Bowl 50, um, 
how, how many kids did you have at that time? Did you have any kids yet? Yeah, I had... Because uh, so, I know you have four, but were all four born at the time or two? I think was three. It. I think I had three born then. So, like, what was that kind of pressure that you had to deal with? Like you said, like, you got to worry about all this other stuff and still be a dad to three kids at the time and be a loving husband. Like, but you're separated. You're, you're distancing yourself. How did you try to find comfort in talking to your family and spending time with them when you really couldn't spend time with them? Yeah, I you know, it's probably easier than you think. I just think because it's that was probably towards the second half of my career. You know, we'd already kind of my family has already kind of been used to what the routines yeah. were and I think being the Super Bowl everybody kind of at least in my family everybody really kept their distance and didn't really I think they were really nervous for me and so they wanted to make sure they weren't Bothering the reason you. for anything right. and yeah. so they really let me drive it in a way that I was really great. grateful for. So I never felt that pressure of anybody. My wife handled all the tickets and all that stuff. Oh, I kind of put it off on lady. her. She is. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't deal with any of the family stuff. Um, I told them, here's my days off. Here's when I can come see you. And so we, we made it work that way. And then outside of that, I just, we, you know. What are you, what are you enjoying most now? You're retired. You're very busy, but you're retired. Old retired man. Um, with the four kids, and I've told you this multiple times, that you have the four most polite kids I have ever met. You've done a great job uncling Matt. Way to go. Um, Uncle Matt's a big part of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you, what are you enjoying most now that you maybe didn't get to do because you were playing or you were busy? You know, that, you know, I, I, uh, COVID, you know, it's, it's not the same, but like being at home, COVID, I just, I love going to pick up. Mm hmm. I love to shoot the shit with the other parents while we're waiting, and I just love seeing the kids come out. You know, when I was driving to San Monica every day, I couldn't do that. As a as an example, yeah, I need some more Celaya. Thank you. Um, what are you, What are you enjoying about being home more? Uh, thank you. I think having the freedom to come and go as I please to be able to pick up in the middle of a week and take the family somewhere. If, if school allows it, the not feeling the kind of Matt and I always joke, it's like a ticking time bomb. Yeah. The NFL seasons, you, yeah. <clears throat> you get done with the season and then there's a, there's a clock that starts until spring ball and then spring ball is over. Then there's a clock that until summer and training camp, and then, and then there's a clock until the end of the season, yeah. you know, or, or that week or whatever. So there's always some kind of, uh, there's always some kind of obligation that you, that you really have to focus in on. And, um, the off seasons are nice. They really, they kind of give you a lot more freedom, <clears throat> but I think, you know, during the year it's, you're there all day. Uh, you're, you're at the facility you're practicing and draining yourself mentally, yeah. studying film. Um, you get home at a decent hour, but it's tough, man, because you gotta you gotta turn it off and you gotta rest up for the next day, especially yeah. as you get older. So that's always been hard because you gotta come home and play dad too, and be there and be present. But you're like you're ready to shut it off, so you really don't have time for your personal stuff. The personal stuff really, it, when you have kids right. during a football season, it's for them. So. Um, and it's hard because I will say like, I can't stress how important rest is, Yeah, you know, there's no like powering through it because you, you, then you start getting a deficit and you feel like you're playing oh, catch yeah. up, you know, when yeah. you have late nights or you decide to power through something or, or go do something extracurricular, even with the kids, you know, you want to go coach or do something like that. It's, you know, you got to get off your feet and you got to rest. So that was always a challenge, which was like accepting the fact that dad's home. He's going to hang with you for a little bit, but then he's off the bed the same time you are right. going to bed for school the yeah. next day. It's great. Um, and so not having that and knowing I could stay up later right. and go do stuff with the kids and not feeling that pressure of, I got to get ready. I can skip a workout if I want to. I've skipped many with yeah. you. I don't think uh, I've ever seen you work out actually. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, not like this guy. No, no, no. We're gonna get to this in a minute. We'll get his. Will we second. get his shirt off by the end of this we pod, might. ladies? Yeah. Um, you've seen the Instagram post. <laughs> I got a face for radio, but Matt's got a 
body for video. So, <laughs> Matt, what is your Instagram handle, just so we can have all of our female listeners? It's actually private. He's I, not going to give it to you. Yeah. Oh, but but he won't like. I can. I can, I can, can choose who he enters. Yeah, Matt so. Khalil sixty nine <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, Matthew F. Khalil. There it is. There it is. If you're lucky to it. be accepted, you could uh, DM him for some Salaya. It's going to be a bunch of dudes in Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> Matt, did you ever like constantly like reach out to your brother? I mean, Ryan, you talked about how you guys had a, a bond when you guys both played together on the same line in, in, in Carolina. Did you also look up to him, Matt, and ask him like questions about like any kind of advice that he already probably would have had being in the NFL? Oh, absolutely. And I, he always reached out as well because um, I think when you're younger and you're like stubborn, you're yep. a little too prideful to reach out yep. or, or think you need help with something. But I, I think he always got a gist of uh, when I was struggling or needed help or, or give me advice. Um, but the joke he always made is he feels he feels like I'm like him and he's in the future. And if he can go back and tell his future self what to do and what not to do is what he always that's said. Dude, that's love. Yeah, yeah. That, that is but, genuine um, love, man. I mean, just we went to the same high school, the same college, and eventually played on the same team. So, I mean, he kind of laid a pathway down just, you know, as more of a guideline for, you know, things to avoid. And right. ultimately, you're going to make your own mistakes. And I will say, though, you know, there's a lot of luck that goes into sports that yeah. a lot of players don't like to talk about or they don't like to acknowledge because they want everybody to think that what they do is so special and right. nobody else could ever accomplish it. There's a ton of talented players that I saw that never really made it because they didn't have great mentors or great foundation or they didn't know they didn't have anybody to teach them how to be a pro. And so the one thing I'll say is like Matt went into a room in Minnesota that I knew was super young and you and there's a lot of mercenary guys like journeymen who kind of just focus on themselves. They're not yeah. really there to kind of lend information or, or advice. Sure. So I knew he was kind of on his own. And I didn't have that experience in Carolina. I had a bunch of older guys that I looked up to and guys that went out of their way because I was stubborn. I mean, he's joking that he was stubborn. You, you but were, we're you were stubborn. I was in uh, past tense. Okay. In past tense. Yeah. In that situation, especially. But Matt and I are so similar in a lot of ways, but that's one of them too, where I was so stubborn and and so prideful and that I got it figured out and I could do this and that and other. And I had a lot of tough love on me from older guys. I never had an older brother, guys like Jordan Gross, Jeff Hangarner, guys I played with in Carolina. They were so gracious and generous to give me advice, even when I didn't want it. Yeah. And I learned a lot from them on how to be a pro. And I could see, after the fact, in hindsight, the mistakes I would have made had I not had these guys, had I not listened. And um, and I could see Matt trending towards some of those things, and I so badly didn't want that to happen for him. And I still made mistakes and messed up and did stupid things. And so, um, you know, when I probably forced it when he didn't want it, a lot of it right. came from just the fact that that's what happened to me, and I was so grateful after the fact. Yeah. But you can't see it when you're in it, you know? Right. And did you take that into heart or did you have like, was it ego a part of it or was it like a brother ego thing where did that ever come into play? You're like, dude, I don't need your advice right now. I'm my own man. Or did you welcome that because you didn't have that? No, for the, I mean, for the most part, I, I always welcomed him. I mean, his, his resume speaks for itself. He's highly successful in what he did. Um, and I was always watching him when I was in high school and he's in college and all that. So no, obviously he was, he was someone I looked up to, um, but and just like the same thing, just being brothers, like yeah. 90% of the time, yeah, I'm willing to accept it. But if it was on a bad day and he just <laughs> felt like right. he had to tell me and I wasn't having any of it or anything like that. But no, it was always uh, something I took to heart and uh, really tried to play out and do the best of my ability. But um, it's a tough sport. Um, I mean, you, you really got to be a pro and, and constantly um, – look to uh in increase your your ability on the football field and as soon as you can't do that and you're not performing uh, it's a it's a performance-based league i mean you yeah. you're gone it's your it's your job and your livelihood and I, I saw a bunch of players fall into that where they thought they were owed something or they were coming from college and were a big-time player and you know there are certain things they didn't want to do and not realizing like you're not the star in college anymore like there's a lot of guys that want that job and yeah. the biggest shock the sh most shocking thing for me, it was my first year in the NFL, and I made all these friends, and um, you know, I was having a great time. 
And then the next year in that locker room, 80% of the team was different. Just everyone was gone. And I'm yeah. like, man, it was just that really the quarterback is... change that you had like then. Which... Oh, I mean, which one? There I mean, was... there, there's a lot when you're right there, right? Your first quarterback. My first quarterback was uh, Christian Ponder. Oh wow. Um, yeah, I mean, it was like, Christian Ponder, Matt Castle, Teddy Bridgewater. Um, oh, poor Teddy. Bradford. Um, That's right. Teddy would have been good, right? Yeah, I like Teddy. Yeah, yeah. He had an unfortunate injury when I was playing there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was that was tough to see in person. And then Bradford, and then Kirk Cousins. I wasn't there in Cousins. So, so, so Bradford was your last quarterback. Yeah, and then you went over to Carolina. Then went to Carolina. Yep. That's a lot. Yeah. There's zero consistency right there with what you just said. Right. Different playbook every year. I mean. With those quarterbacks, yeah. Usually, I mean, the offense for the most part didn't change too much. Maybe just language um, a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, as far as just quarterback play, it's uh, especially being on the edge. It's you really need to know how far your quarterback's going to drop, where he's going to be in the pocket, how long he's going to hold on to the ball. I mean, a lot of that goes into you know protecting those guys. Well, that's the other thing is, I. When I was giving Matt advice, it was like very generic O line, like being a pro advice. Because tackle advice, I have zero for it. That's a whole nother <laughs> right. position. That's huge. And that's what I mean about luck. Like I was lucky enough to play center where it's nice and cozy in there. I got two big guards helping <laughs> making me look good. But that yeah. tackle position, that's a whole that's a life Center's I want no position. part of. I mean, you were out there blindside tackle. We'd always say this. I think cornerback and tack, left tackle are the two hardest positions to play oh, in all fashion. Corner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You're out there on an island on your own. And you can't yes. touch anyone. I played yesterday cornerback for two plays. I'm still same talking thing. about it. Yeah, it's the I same thing, move. Chris. It's exactly yeah. the same thing as the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> Just to relate it back to me a little bit. <laughs> How spoiled were you when you won back-to-back championships in, t- in college? Yeah. Very spoiled. I mean, that's... Did you guys play Michigan? We did. I know, I know. We beat him several yeah, times. Matt Leinart caught a touchdown. He did. Oh my God, of course. Wait, ask, ask him what happened to us, though, when I went to USC to play because of his teammate. Oh, right. What happened? <laughs> what happened? Those games even well, count? My teammate didn't do anything. Is the NC2A. Yeah. They should give it back, by the way. Unfairly put yeah. sanctions on us. Yeah. Uh, can we actually go back now that they changed it and we can make up for all the years and just get paid millions yeah. for what we did yeah, and play there? Should. Actually. Right. You want like you want some post nil money yeah. to make up for the. <laughs> That's exactly. our third. I, We're I, trying to get. NIL I need for that a for being for being charged for a bagel with cream cheese in the morning, and that's I got a bagel for free, but I had to pay for the cream cheese. I remember that a full ride scholarship, and I wasn't able to get a full that's breakfast. A, Tommy, crazy. we got to get some nil money. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm glad it's there, but it's just it's just crazy how you that a dollar seventy five you couldn't <laughs> USC couldn't just eat that. Yeah. It's well, crazy. it's not that they couldn't eat it. It's that the NC2A didn't yeah, allow yeah. it. Right. And now it's just like, as we said earlier, uh, we're talking about. I mean, Justin it wasn't like Fry. Michigan where they just showed up with bags of money. Yeah. Like, they, it well, didn't yeah, happen this way in the Pac-12. Listen, well, if we, we were getting bags of money, raking we should have won way more Inside the leaves is a pile of uh, yeah. cash. I think, I think we immediately donated that money because we're benevolent. Uh, Matt, what's your favorite part about being an uncle? Uh, I just, I love hanging out with the kids. They're yeah. great kids. Um it's fun. The best part about being an uncle is you have all the fun, and as soon as some dr- drama or anything <laughs> happens, you pack it up and go home and just let the parents yeah. Oh, yeah. handle the serious stuff. But yeah. Which, Ryan, how do you handle discipline and tantrums with four kids? Uh, they're pretty good, man. I can't I don't, imagine your kids having a tantrum. They don't really. We haven't had any tantrums. We get emotional sometimes. How old are in they? My family, uh, from five to eleven. Okay, so. I think they would probably know at 11 there is no tantrum. With yeah. A five-year-old boy or girl? Boy. Two girls, two boys. He slept for like two hours on the beach yesterday. It was great for you guys. It is. So um, do they just have that much mad respect that they are just good kids all the time? They don't torment each other or anything? No, I mean, they're normal kids, but we just don't. We don't do tantrums. Yeah. So I've been lucky that been way. No, he great. just calmly says, like, hey, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? And they just understand. Even when he calls him over, just the youngest one just gets so emotional, just starts crying. He's like, "Wait, you know, why are you crying? I'm just calling you over here. <laughs> like you're not in trouble." How do you guys spend the holidays? Uh, we just started, to be honest. That's what Matt was getting at earlier. The football stuff made it so hard to do holidays together and see each other, and then we get into our off seasons and just didn't want to see anybody. You just, <laughs> you just like got with your family, you went on a trip, and then you went away. So, you, and you, 
Were you always going to come back to California? Or yeah, yeah, I'd always make it back out to California. Well, especially my whole family, right? Aside from my sister, and my brother-in-law, but um, I, I love California. So got got you got to get you down the bubble here. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, that's another thing. So I'm now I'm in California. It's not good enough. I gotta be in so Manhattan yeah, Beach. We get you to California. <laughs> yeah. Now we start creeping a little bit. Right. With the plethora of single ladies down here in the South Bay. How was well, how was the market in Manhattan Beach? Well, just so just to sort of clear this up, Matt, you're six seven? Six eight. Six eight. Yeah. Uh you were hunching earlier. Uh you're one and a half percent body fat and you're single. You're available. Um and uh I would say there's a decent uh you know, you kind of roll with the pod like this. That's Hermosa. Yeah, I think it's if probably you, Hermosa. If you dip into Hermosa. It's Hermosa at like noon. Yeah. Yeah, on the weekends. <laughs> what about Venice? Venice get a little crazy though. Venice a little too. Yeah, but there's some good. There's some good stuff up there. Yeah, but I mean, Abbott Kinney's always a, a hipster scene. You right. know, you're gonna get the, the the guy wearing the fedora and the white painter pants. Okay. With flip flops. Some Pharrell vibes a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's just uh. awkward, but whatever. <laughs> Teach their own. It's Venice. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think you would have no problem. The problem is we can't have you in Manhattan Beach because like the moms would. What's going to make all of us have here? to work out all the time? Like, no, I already do. Moms are going to come home with like people. neck. Oh, my <laughs> neck hurts. I'm like, what happened? I'm looking at this guy over here at MB Post, and he's even eight. today. Looks he like, walks in the house. Amy's like, "Oh, hi, Matt." I'm like, hey, "Let's pump the brakes." I do give phenomenal massages, though. Oh, oh geez, so, here we go. That Instagram this again is, a, is Matt Khalil sixty nine. Is that is that accurate? Matthew F Khalil. Matthew F Khalil. All right. Even I'm writing it down. You did. I mean, I'm probably both of you guys. Like, this is obviously phenomenal tequila, but I know you guys have been busting butts, and it's been fun to watch the last couple of years. Like, everything putting it together, the hard work you guys have done, Appreciate putting up that. a website with you guys kind of standing in the field laughing and stuff. Owner in Angel City, all female, yeah. L- LA's new hot team right yeah. now. It's great. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like they finally get equal pay. You know, as the, as the, uh, on the on the national scene and everything. That was a big to do that took those women freaking forever. Yeah. you know. So I mean. For all of our female listeners, you're like advocating, you know, goals. And like, by the way, women's soccer, women's volleyball are the two most popular sports in our country. Yeah. So to have an avenue now where girls don't have to stop playing after college, they can try to aspire to be a professional. You just gave them a platform. Well, I've seen it with, with, and Chris can attest to this, bringing our daughters to the games and seeing their eyes light up and watching these women. And how amazing! I mean, even my brother who came and doesn't have kids. Oh, I mean, we're just amazed by awesome. after this pod, how amazing, <laughs> <laughs> how physical they are too. It's, it's unbelievable. Pretty, it's it's just casually kicked the ball. But like we are yards. dominant. Like we are how the European, uh, Italy, Eng- England, Germany men's national team. That's our women that are constantly yeah. dominant. You know, they're cu- going out there kicking ass for our country, and they make us so proud. Now they can come back and get paid good money. They, there's there's a platform for them. They can live in the most beautiful city in America. Yep. LA's, you know, everyone I mean, wants to super, be here. It was super festive. Game yeah. is awesome. We're right on the field. But even if you're not, there's not a bad scene yeah. in that stadium. It's a good atmosphere. And then afterwards, all those women come back out. They're going around signing anything you want, taking pictures with the girls. It's just, it was just very inspirational. Yeah. It was awesome. So can you make like your tequila be a sponsor for Angel City? Like, can you just be like, well, I own the team, so I can do that. I don't know. It'll be tough. I we one of the owners is uh, Eva Longoria, and she's got a pretty good tequila too. So I think she, I think she'll I think she'll That's be <laughs> I think she'll be uh, at the top of that list before we are. But no, I'm happy to I'm happy to come in and support them however I can. I mean, I don't really. I don't do anything operationally with them other than annoy the owners about Very my awful ideas on uh, <laughs> how to make the team better. But um, that's the stuff that gets me excited. I mean, yeah. just seeing our team grow and, and the league in general, but there's still a lot of work to be done, and, and it'll get bigger. It'll grow. I mean, it's only six games in. Six games in, but it's still um, just the NWSL in general. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was fun. Excited to see Sunday it. night. It's a holiday weekend. We're at the game. Every time they put anybody on the jumbotron, people went nuts, and just everybody was there. Right? I was there. They didn't get me up there, but um, it's it's a thing, man. It's turning into a thing. It's awesome, and uh, it's going to be fun to watch it and, and continue to go to games in that box. Uh, be great. Do you have any dad jokes? 
Like that you tell your kids that they're like they're so embarrassed about by this time they've heard it twenty times. I don't know. Did your dad ever have jokes to you both? Yeah, but he's actually pretty funny, so it's hard. Frank, Frank, funny. Frank, uh, Frank Khalil, he's kind of life of the party. I mean, look, I we love Frank, our mom Cheryl too. I mean, we Matt and I, I appreciate you saying those nice things. I would say again, we're so fortunate and blessed to have great parents. I think that's been a big part of our lives to try to emulate them yeah. they're, they're incredibly kind talented people who always put others first and work their butts off and so we had great mentors that way at home and i think for us it's a natural thing to want to pay it forward and i will say um as a compliment to you guys too and especially to you chris Thank i you. mean the one thing my dad taught us early on was you know to constantly keep good company with you and, yep. to, and to, you know, my dad, uh, my dad was a really great lifter and he'd always say, uh, and he told me this before we went to SC, he would say, when you get to SC, they're going to team you up or they're going to ask you to find a lifting partner. He said, don't find somebody that's the same strength as you or weaker. Always find somebody stronger than you. And they raise your bar. Yep. And then he said, do that with friends too. And so I always have tried to do that my whole life is wow. to try to find people that, aren't equal to me or that are lesser than me in talents or, or character. And I've always tried to find people that I look up to and, and, and build up. So, and I, I mean that sincerely about I appreciate you, that. Thank Parrish. You. Yeah. Yeah. Great advice. That is um, awesome. Yeah. Bad advice. We're, uh, we're blessed to be in a community of, of with the caveat of Casio though. No, Casio's, Casio's the one that no. he's the one you get one, I think in your friend group, he's the one that he's, I, I think is the exception. He's iffy. But he's got a golf cart. It's nice. <laughs> and he introduced me to tequila. Dude. So. <laughs> Dude. Paris. I told you when we we uh we were playing in the treehouse, we were playing uh Madden. Mm -hmm. and it was before you moved into the house. You were still building. I said, You're gonna be moving in near this guy. His name is Evan Casio. You guys are gonna be fast friends. And it, hey, you were right. <laughs> it I love that. Seconds. I love that Dude. guy so much. Yeah. And I brought him around <clears throat> to my brother one time, and Matt and him kicked it off oh, right yeah. out the gate. Yeah. <laughs> It's that. amazing. Um, Matt, you and I have to go to Third Street Tattoo in Hermosa. What are we doing? Just getting tattoos, man. All right. Yeah, you're starting to build it up a little bit over there. But he can't handle it. <laughs> He's That's just right, like, the sleeves start. Are you Every... done? Is it over now? Is it... <laughs> well, he said that three, four tattoos ago. That's not how it goes. Slowly... it goes. It starts speedboating. No, no, no. Once you get a couple, you're done. Amy keeps saying, like, uh, when is it going to be enough? I'm like, listen, what are we doing here? I've already had him when we met. You know, so. I don't judge. I my only thing is, I'm always curious what the thought process is to get something that's going to be on you forever. Yeah, like I just always wondered that. Yeah. He decided to put my dad's face on there, even though he won't it does say. Look at you. He oh, went. He nice. went super. Wow. He went super Celtic on all of it. Uh, Mine are just the kids drawing shit now. Nordic. Put Nordic. Whatever. <laughs> you put dad's face on your arm. Hey. <laughs> Got him with me forever. So what's oh, the nice. next one? Huh? What's the next one? That's it. I'm done. Yeah, right. No, We're gonna go next week. <laughs> I got free time what's now, the baby. Today? Huh? We May, got this May on 31st. record. May 31st. May 31st. This is the last That's one. It. Forearm, and I'm done. June 6th. That's it. We're going. Well, let's end it with uh, Ryan. How do you want to be remembered as a dad? Oh, geez, this got really deep. Got all real. of a sudden. Wait till we hit Matt here. Oh. Um, how do I want to be remembered as a dad? Uh, I want to be remembered to my kids or to, to everyone else or to myself, to yourself that you could like take peace. I think that I did everything in my power to make sure my kids, uh, that my kids felt believed in and anything they did, they felt supported and believed in. I think that's the most important thing. Cause that was, that happened for me. Yeah. So I had a lot of doubt, self doubt. I had a lot of external doubt and. My parents always did a great job in making me uh, authentically feel like I had a fighting chance that I could do whatever I wanted if I, if I took the proper steps, if I laid out the proper roadmap. Yeah. Um, and did it in a way that didn't feel so esoteric and like you can do anything you put your mind to. Right. Like really specifically realistic helped support. me, gave yeah. me realistic support in, yeah. in anything I did. So, okay. Yeah. It's awesome. Matt, no pressure on you, but when that time comes. 
when that time comes. What are you I'll... looking most forward to? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, I got a lot of feelings about that. But um, I, I just think having just a healthy child, first of all. Yeah. Um, but um, no, I, I think being that person that's like – to the extent of what Ryan said, that's always going to be supportive. But um, no matter what, they have that one person in their life that they can always turn to. Yeah. And never be scared to tell me anything or, or come to me with whatever they're going through in their life um, and be in that outlet. Yeah. That's 100%. So. I, say to, I say to my kids all the time, like, it doesn't matter how mad you think I'm going to be. The option, right. that's always better than... I can only imagine what that feeling's like having kids, but I, I can't imagine what it'll come to when I actually do have a kid so it'll probably be even more intense than that (laughs) and when your kids come to you and say I'm going to Ohio State how's that how's that gonna work I love that we can't wait for that is that gonna be supported uh no (laughs) (laughs) no I do think about that sometimes because like obviously I want my kids to go to Michigan but then like we're in California we have great schools you know plus USC and uh you know, if my daughter's like, I want to go to UCLA or something, like, what do you, I mean, how much am I going to be able to fight that? I don't we, know. We just asked I Chip. don't know. My daughter's throwing out, like, random schools right now. She's got it all mapped out. What's the number one? Alabama. Oh, really? She's like, I'm going to Alabama. Yeah. Come I was on. Like, How's their soccer team good? I was like, what? Why Alabama? I just think it's a really great school. I'm like, what? You're 11. You don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all right. Well. Thank you guys so much. This has been Thank fantastic. You, buddy. I'm proud of you both. Appreciate it. Thank uh, you. This is amazing. Thanks for sharing half a bottle with us. I appreciate you yeah. leaving the bottle. It was very thoughtful of you. Um, thanks to Shades Brewing for our uh, Pina Colada. American it actually South is. Sourio. It's really good. This beer is this really beer? good. No, it it's is. Yeah. Yeah. Kenny Schmage will keep on sending them out, buddy. Friend of the great. Friend of the pod, Kurt. Thank you for uh, Shades Brewery. Thank you to Postal.io. Um, again, go to Postal.io slash dads and... Sign up to get some uh, free stuff. And then uh, thank you for the Believe Network. And uh, basically, thanks for taking the time to listen to our Dad's Night podcast brought to you by Believe Network. Please like and share with a friend or two that you think would enjoy this ridiculous banter. Because after all, Dad's Night is where... Ridiculous becomes reality. Tommy, what's our Instagram handle? Uh, Dad's Night Podcast. And it's not private. It's public. It is public. Do we have an email address? We do. Dad's Night Podcast at gmail.com. I love it. Thank you, everybody. All right. Have a good one.